Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. Before we get to today's special episode, I want to take the time to thank my great sponsors, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Inbound Blend Digital Marketing, and Enterprise Bank and Trust. On today's special Christmas episode, we have Daryl Bisking, my father, my mentor, and friend. Daryl Bisking grew up in Maryville, Illinois, and graduated high school from Collinsville High before graduating barber school from Belleville Barber College. Daryl has served as a barber for 50 years in Edwardsville, Illinois, and just retired from his long and prosperous career. It is my great honor to welcome my father to the show, Daryl Bisking. Daryl Bisking, welcome to the STLers podcast. I really appreciate you taking some time to be on here today. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate you having me. So I feel like I got to give the listeners a little background. Obviously, they're going to recognize the last name, but uh, obviously you're my father and really wanted to bring you on today. I know uh, this episode will actually air on Christmas Day. So to everybody listening to this, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have a great day with your family. Uh, but also today, um, as with this episode is released, uh, my dad is retired um, officially with 50 years of being a barber in Edwardsville, Illinois. Um, and I thought it'd be really uh, interesting to bring him on and talk a little bit about um, his whole career um, and really um, his life. So with that being said, let's let's get started. OK, so let's start with just telling our listeners where you grew up, what growing up was like for you, um, and then walk us into really what made you decide to be a barber. Well, I grew up in a town called Maryville, Illinois. Population was 550 people. As I remember the sign, it was a small middle-class town, not a lot of big money around the town. If there was, it was well hidden. I was often asked uh, if we were poor when I was a kid. And I tell people, if we were, we didn't know it because everybody around us was in the same situation. I uh, started working in my work career when I was 14 years old at a place called Maryville Lumber as more of a truck driver laborer once I got my driver's license. And I went into barbering because I knew by the time I was 17 that I wanted to control my own destiny. I wanted to do something that dealt with people because I had enjoyed waiting on people all those years at the lumberyard. But I wanted to have a place that I could work in the warm in the winter and the cool in the summer after working at the lumberyard all those years. Yeah, I, well, and I, I, know, I know you've told me many times um, about you know the, the day you decided you know you wanted to go to barber barber school and kind of what that was like. So w- tell me a little bit about you know when you made that decision you wanted to go to barber college. How did that conversation go with your dad? Well, I came home 
I had been laid off at the end of my high school career at the Lumberyard because the Teamsters Union forced them to bring a new high school kid in because they couldn't afford two Teamster drivers. And I drove through Belleville one day and I saw the barber college and being in Maryville, I kind of hung out at Bud's Barbershop when there wasn't nothing to do. And uh, I came home and I, my dad had been on me about laying around not doing anything and not working. So I came and I told him I need to, I want to go to barber school, I think. He said, well, he said, if you can find a part-time job to pay for your gas to get back and forth to school, I'll take a second job to pay for your tuition. And uh, that's exactly how the conversation went. I went to Bud's barbershop. I, Bud also had a car wash behind the barbershop. I said, Bud, how about paying me to clean your car wash every day that while well, I'm in barber's college, so I got some money. And he said, I'll pay you $3 a day, seven days a week. So all through barber college, I would come home from college. I would go down to the car wash and I would work every night and on sun, Saturdays and Sundays, cleaning the uh, car wash, filling the soda machines, refilling everything that uh, there was to do. So you went to barber college, you graduated from barber college, and then you, uh, where was your first job at being a barber? My very first job was at Scott Air Force Base. Uh, back then, you uh, could work at an Air Force Base without being licensed. And I had to wait to take my state boards for two months. So I went to work at the Air Force Base. The minute I got my license and could get out into the public part of the sector, I took a job at a place called Zips Barbershop at 47th and West Main in Belleville. Okay. And so how long did you work there? Because obviously I know at some point you had you started your own shop and we'll get into that here in a minute. But how long were you there before before you moved to Edwardsville? I was at Zips about three months and realized that uh, there was no future at that barbershop. Zip was a great guy, one of my mentors. But uh, he was at the end of his career. And I'll, the day I decided I had to leave is I got a phone call. And I heard him say on the phone, if you got to ask, you can't afford it. And when he got off the phone, I said, what was that about, Zip? He said, oh, some lady called, wanting to know how much a haircut was for her kid. I said, Zip, you can't be saying that stuff. We need that type of business. And he told me something that I'll never forget. He said, Daryl, never base your business and your work on price. Always base it on quality and your facility. He said, because when you base something on price, they'll come to you as long as you're the cheapest. They'll go to the next guy immediately when he becomes the cheapest. And, yeah. I've worked and I know we're going to get into loyalty and, you know, how a chains and franchises have, have changed the the hair cutting business um, uh, here in a minute. But I obviously I think that's uh, was a good piece of advice. So so you were at Zips and and you there for three months and then you moved to Edwardsville. Is that right? I Actually, no, I went from Zips to Alton, and then I went from Alton to Edwardsville. I worked for two older gentlemen in Alton and uh, was supposed to buy them out when they retired, but I had an opportunity to come to Edwardsville, and that was a time where my mother and father both worked. I had cousins and aunts and uncles in that town. The last name of Bisking was somewhat known in that town, so I saw an opportunity to go there. Okay, so we moved to Edwardsville. What year did you move to Edwardsville? I moved to Edwardsville in 1972. 1972, and you started you started a barbershop uh, on uh, what? Where was that at? 
actually, I worked for a gentleman named Mike Maynard in Edwardsville for a while. Okay. And then Mike closed his shop and merged his shop with a shop called Vestal and Straub. And I went to work for that shop for a short period of time before I actually ended up in my own shop, which happened on Franklin Avenue Franklin. in August of 1973. So from the time you moved to Edwardsville until you started your own shop on Franklin, there was about a year in between there. Is that about right? There was about a year, yeah, year gap, right. Okay. So you started your first shop at, how old were you in 1973 when you started your first shop? 1973, I was 19 years old. So you started your first shop at 19 years old in Edwardsville on Franklin Avenue, and I'm assuming it was called Daryl's Hair Care as well, correct? No, that shop was no, called John. Correct. <laughs> that shop was called John's Barber and Style when I went to work there. Okay. And after after taking over from John, when John retired and went to be an Assembly of God minister, I then changed the names to. It's been a few names. It's been Daryl's Hairstyles. It's been Daryl's cutting style it's been daryl's family hair care but daryl has always been part of the name over the years as times changed yeah okay so you know this is i'm I'm learning some here as well you know it's interesting you you know you've been my father my entire life obviously and i've never really sat down and had these types of conversations with you but it's uh very interesting to see the career path and and how it's taken you um, and so in 1973 19 years old started your own shop changed the name uh, shortly thereafter um, and now, you know, to that we're here sitting here on, uh, you know, Christmas Day of 2020 and uh, 50 years in business. Um, I think, you know, I, I know I'm very proud of you. I know a lot of people in Edwardsville, uh, you kind of become a staple to that town. Um, but look back on the last 50 years and, and give us an idea of kind of what the highlight of your career has been over the last 50 years. Well, the highlight of my career was in 1985. I made a decision that I did not want to have anybody control my destiny in any way. And I took a leap of faith and I bought a piece of property and I built a commercial building downtown Eversville, which got things looking in a whole different perspective and made a whole different world of my business at that time. Yep. And, and that's still where your shop is at today, 205 South Main. Uh, and I, I know just, from history, you know, that was Dr. Swartz's, uh, was property, right? That you bought from uh, Dr. Swartz? Yes, Dr. Bill Swartz. And had it not been for him and his generosity, it would have never happened. Yep. And, and, you know, and now when, what year did Dr. Swartz retire and sell his, he sold that building. Well, I don't know if he sold the building, but he sold his practice to Dr. Brinkman or, or, or how'd that transpire? He sold the building and the business to Dr. Brinkman. And I want to say it's been probably 10 to 15 years ago now that that happened. That that happened. Yeah. Okay. So so over the last 50 years, you'd say the highlight of your career was being able to, you know, to dig, dig the ground and start your own building right there on South Main where you've been. Well, now, if that was 1985, you've been there 35 years, right? Right. Right. And we yeah. built, we took the barbershop from a one chair barbershop. And when I built the building, we turned it into a six chair styling barber salon. Yep. And I, and you know, those for who know the shop, there's obviously an upstairs and a downstairs. Um, and uh, obviously I've seen that shop change uh, a lot over the last 35 years. Um, but you've rented out the, the top uh, the top of the shop as well as the bottom of the shop out to several different businesses, correct? 
Yes, the top the, the the upper floor has been rented out to two different insurance companies, Knights of Columbus and Allstate. In the last 12 years, it's been rented out to Reed's Law uh, Offices, Michael Reed. Yep, and then the basement has always had, uh, I believe, some kind of a, a counseling uh, down there. Uh, you, is that right? The, down, the downstairs first was rented out as a massage parlor, and then it went to a nail salon, and then from there it went to a counselor's office, and it was a counselor's office for the majority of the time that I owned the building. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is obviously that shop has, has not only been a staple for you as the barbershop, but it's obviously served many other purposes to other, other small businesses in Edwardsville. Um, what has that been like to see those other businesses come in there and obviously being able to support other little local businesses as well? Well, it's been gratifying because all of the tenants that I've had, especially in the upper level and most of them in the down or down level have prospered on from there and have purchased their own properties and their own buildings uh, after they've seen what I had done as a barber and talked to them about never having anybody else in control of your destiny. And I've, uh, I'm proud to say I helped uh, one of the insurance agents secure his building. And then the other people have all went off and had great careers also. Absolutely. Well, and you know, and that brings us into, you know, one of the questions I had for you was how has being a barber in Edwardsville positioned you to get into other businesses? Well, I was told by an old wise man one day, keep your mouth shut and your ears open. And you can learn a lot from what people say and tell you. So being in, in business, I was um, on the cutting edge of a lot of pieces of property that were going to come on the market for sale and had the opportunity to purchase them because of the, the connections I had in town and the ability to purchase them thanks to your mother and her career and some very nice bankers. So uh, the real estate business has been as lucrative to me as the barber business. Well, and just for everybody listening to the show that may not know you, you know, know that piece of, of you, um, obviously you purchased the LRE Automotive Building down on 143 and and uh, and then rented that to, I guess, Lauren Early and then sold it to him or what, what was that uh, business deal like? Yes, I, I rented to him for the first three years till he could get on his feet and, and get some revenues and some income to allow him to go to a bank and get a loan. And then I sold it to him so he could have his own building. I also did the same thing with Dave Strong, the Allstate agent that's in Edwardsville. I purchased that building. And then after I had it purchased, allowed, which allowed him to move out of my building as a tenant and move into his own building, which he is still in today and secure him a building. Yep. And then, you know, not terribly long ago, you got into some other commercial real estate and bought some apartments um, in Troy, Illinois, um, and did that for a while as well. And, and that did that come through the barber business as well? Or, or how did you find out about those apartments? Yes, that was a customer of mine that owned them and was tired of dealing with uh, tenants. So uh, I was able to purchase them directly from him. And I took a partner on by the name of Josh Heitman, who later on, I sold my share of the apartments out to him after about two years of being in the apartment rental business, which I found out does not meet my personality. Well, yeah, I, I think 
uh, takes a special person to collect rent and, and own apartments and do all of that, I think it's it obviously can be very challenging. Let's talk about the um, the you know the the uh, businesses that cut hair in, in Edwardsville are all around any for that matter, but like the Great Clips is the Fantastic Sam's. Um, how have those franchises changed the barbering business uh, for the good or for the or for the worse? Uh, how has that how has that affected not only your business but it, the, just the the barber business in general? Well, the one thing the chains have done is taken away the small family children coming into the barbershops. When I started out 50 years ago, the man brought the son in for a haircut. It was a male bonding experience. It was a father and son affair. And over the years, with people having to work more than 40-hour work weeks and being so busy, and the ladies of the house have taken over a lot of the responsibilities, um, they started taking the kids to the great clips custom cuts sports clips all the other ones because they were right next to the grocery stores gave the women a chance to drop their kids off and go to the grocery store and have some time for themselves plus those chains would come in and if a kid was eight years old the haircut was eight dollars if the kid was 10 years old the haircut was ten dollars and there was no appointments necessary it was a convenience of uh, the customer and uh, just allowed more flexibility. So the barbershops lost a lot of children business to the chains. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. So now, you know, December 24th was your last day of cutting hair. Um, and, you know, you're obviously, I, I know you'll still cut my hair uh, at the house and, and um, some things along those lines. But when you look back at the last 50 years, um, what what is one thing that maybe you would, ch- would have changed or done differently uh, if you look back at the last 50 years? Or or maybe it's nothing. Maybe, you know, maybe there's nothing you would have changed. But uh, I'd like just just curious. Well, if I'd had to do it all over again, my family didn't have the money to send me to college. And I didn't have the knowledge or the where for all to think about actually working my way through college. And I never was very kept on going to school anyway. I mean, I did what I had to do to get through and get graduated from high school. But if, if I had to do all over again, I'd go to college, I think, and try to get a degree in business and marketing. I think that with the ambition I had and the knowledge I had of the barber business, I may have or may not have uh, maybe been one of the first chains to open up. I just did not understand big business. I did not understand how to manage uh, a business without being all hands on. Yeah. You know, one thing I've always found interesting is a really neat story I'd like for you to tell and, and uh, is uh, you did a lot of um, hairstyle or not hairstyles, uh, hair pieces uh, for men. And at one time where you, you were the uh, spokesperson for, for new man or, or, or what, where did you do for them? I was a distributor for New Man, along with a gentleman by the name of Pat Clark, who had the Sticks Baron Fuller Barbershop downtown St. Louis, who was one of my great mentors and taught me a lot about business. Uh, I represented about 95 barbershops in the 
Southern Illinois area. We, we started in Staunton, Illinois, and went all the way down to Cairo, Illinois. And uh, we distributed hair pieces and taught barbers who wanted to get into the hair replacement business back then how to sell a hair piece, how to style a hair piece, how to design a hair piece, and how to cut it in. And because of that, you got to meet uh, a famous quarterback by the name of Terry Bradshaw. Is that correct? Yeah, Terry Bradshaw for about three years was the company spokesperson for New Man. And uh, the biggest problem Terry had was Terry just down home, good old boy. And putting a hairpiece on every day really didn't fit his personality. They had a corporate stylist that would follow him around to make sure he got it on right and it looked good. But when he played football, he was always bald-headed. And he would always say, when I want to look my best and feel my best, I choose new man. But after a couple of years, there was more Terry Bradshaw bald than there was Terry Bradshaw with hair. And the company <laughs> decided that uh, they needed to do something different. And uh, so they let him loose as a spokesperson and went back to a different marketing uh, strategy. Yeah, that's yeah. I've always you know, I, there's a picture of you and Terry Bradshaw in the barbershop that I've seen many times uh, as I'm in there getting my hair cut. And I've always uh, found that story very interesting that, you know, because of, you know, being a barber and, and the um, new man hair hair pieces that you were able to meet him and, and uh, get that picture taken with him. And it's uh, kind of a kind of a neat little story. Well, what was what was special about that was uh, we were in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it was a competition to style the hairpiece that Terry Bradshaw would wear uh, in the marketing campaign. And um, I chose not to enter it. I wasn't big into competition type stuff. But at the last minute, I was forced to go ahead and cut a hairpiece in that was on a mannequin that looked like his head and enter it. And uh, little did I know that they were not gonna choose who uh, won this competition by the quality of the haircut and styling that was done. They were gonna do it by what Terry Bradshaw liked and the look he liked of the hairpiece. And he happened to pick my hairpiece. So my hairstyle was the style that is was in all the brochures and all the advertising that New Man put out for their marketing. That's pretty neat. Um, I, did, I didn't even know that. So that's a, that's a pretty cool story. So let me ask you this. So 50 years, you're retired. Uh, what does retirement look like for you? What, what are you What are you planning on doing? Well, I plan on just spending some time with my beautiful wife and traveling and enjoying that part of uh, life. I hope to spend time with you and your sister. Uh, grandbabies, if they come along, and when they come along, uh, we're expecting one here in February and uh, play a lot of golf and just just get up in the morning and do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it yeah well I'm I'm excited for you I know you're looking forward to it and, and I I think a lot of people who I've talked to that know you're retiring are excited for you and and that next uh, venture for you you mentioned you mentioned earlier uh, on the, in this podcast episode uh, mentors and and there's been mentors that have you know impacted your life. Talk to me about those mentors and how they've impacted your life. Well, the, the, the one mentor, the first mentor in the barber business that impacted my wife, life was a guy named Mike Maynard. He owned the barbershop in Evansville that I went to work for called Michael's Cut and Style. He taught me more about hair cutting and how to enjoy the barber business than anybody taught me. 
I look up to him today. He's retired now, living in Lebanon, Missouri. And I don't get to see him as often as I would like. But he was truly the, the, the starting point for my career. The next guy was Pat Clark. He owned the Newman Hair Replacement Distributorship for the greater St. Louis area all the way to Kansas City. He took me under his wing in 1977, which I was about 24 years old. He taught me the hair replacement business. He taught me sales. He taught me a lot of things that I had not learned even after I've been a barber seven years. He taught me even more. And um, those were the two greatest mentors in my career. Well, and I, I always tell people in this episode that mentor uh, having mentors are are very important and surround yourself with your board of directors and, and the people that can, you know, coach you and, and push you along the way. I think that's very important. You know, Dad, I always end this podcast asking people to give a piece of advice uh, to anybody listening to this episode. And so if there's one piece of advice that you could give our audience, what would it be? Well, I think the best thing is to listen. Listen to what people have to say. Learn from what they have to say. Always remember that everybody has feelings. Always consider the other person's feelings in everything you do. And uh, that will make you a better person. That will make them a better person. And respect is one of the things that I always strive for. I didn't care if you liked me, but I did want to earn your respect. Because no, think, pers personalities are just different. So you're yeah. bound to run across people that you really don't care to be around. But, you know, if you can respect them for what they've done and who they are and how they treat people, today I find that's the biggest problem in the world. People are so wrapped up in themselves, they don't think of other people's feelings. And if you do that, you're going to be a good person. No, I think that's a great piece of advice, and I think anybody who's listened to this episode would, would also agree with that. So, Dad, on, on behalf of the STL Leaders podcast, behalf of myself, um, as well as the many, many of people's lives that you've touched, hairs you've cut, um, congratulations on your retirement. I wish you nothing but the best, and thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for listening to this episode of the STL Leaders podcast. And from me and my family and all of us here at the STL Leaders podcast, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. This was a very fun and special episode for me. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a little something about the barber business, um, but also some life lessons. I'm excited to bring you a new episode next week, and we have an amazing 2021 lined up. I can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait for you to join us. Join us next time on the STL Leaders Podcast.